0: (laughs) oh thank you jesus all right couple announcements prayer meeting wednesday night at the church at seven o'clock kids church today we are having kids church today so right after the offering the kids can go to the back amen and then we need grace down to take up an offering any other announcements Besides praying for all the saints, pray for your brothers and sisters. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for this day that you've made. Lord, let us be glad and rejoice in it. Lord God, let us carry the spirit of worship throughout the whole week, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, I pray that you would speak to your people, help your people, Lord God, and that we would find our refuge and our strength under your wings. And, Lord, we're trusting in you with all of our finances. Lord God, you are the creator of heaven and earth. Lord God, and, Lord, you know our needs before we even ask. And you are Jehovah Jireh, God our provider. Lord, we're trusting in you, and we're placing our tithes and trust in you and our money in you, in your hands, where rust and moth will not devour. And I just thank you and praise you, Lord God, that you are a God of abundance and that you are going to pour your Blessings out upon your people in these days, Lord God, and we just thank you and we just praise you for your promises in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I need a little more, a little more leash here. There you go. So I'm free to roll them a little bit. Thank you, Lord God is good. The kids can be dismissed can go to kids church God is moving in these days in these last days God is on the move and we got to be ready amen we got to hear lord i'm just going to pray before i start on uh, my sermon and get to preaching cuz i'm all fired up from worship <laughs> but i want to pray because um, there's some great and exciting things going on in the body of Christ and in this day and age that we're living in. Well, I want to pray, Lord, over this uh, message before we get started. Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you would anoint these words, that you would open our eyes and our ears to see and hear you, Lord God, and open our spirits to receive all that you have for us, Lord God. And I just pray this, Lord, over your people. I pray your blessing and your anointing on this little body of Christ. Lord God, who is fighting the enemy and sending them aloft. Lord God, back to the pity belongs, Lord God. And we are just, uh, just trusting and praising and, and just worshiping you, Lord, for all we are and all our being, Lord God. Let us come into unity with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in our bodies. Let us hear clearly from heaven our marching orders and where you want us and what you want us to do, Lord God. I pray this. Lord God in Jesus name. Amen. All right. We had some pretty historic things happen this last week. All right. And you know, a lot of the news are not covering it. They're not. But we had this pretty historic event happen. And it's bigger than you think. It's that Trump peace plan. And that's the title of my sermon, Trump Peace Plan and the Coming of the Lord. You know, I've been watching for this for a while. Trying to, you know, because I love Bible prophecy. And I, I love the Word of God. You know, and we all should love the Word of God. It's a light unto our feet, it's a lamp for our path. It's life, it's bread. But last last week we witnessed a historic event that a lot of Bible prophecy scholars have been waiting for. And that's that peace plan between Israel and the UAE. Now, if you don't know who the UAE is, it's the United Arab Emirates. Alright? Which the definition of the United Arab Emirates is the foundation Of seven states, Arab states, right? And they have been quietly sitting in the background for a long time. But they are a huge power of the Middle East economy. They kind of run the Middle East economy, all right? The prophet Daniel, as he was in prayer... And making intercession for the people of Israel was reading from the prophet Jeremiah. About their 70 years captivity in Babylon, right? Joe, there's a couple things, and I didn't tell you this, and i got to interrupt here real quick. But I don't know if you can get it up there, but if we can get the biblical timeline, right, of where we are biblically. You should be able to just punch it right in, biblical timeline, prophetic timeline, and it should just pop up. There should be several of them. The one I was looking at with a blue background. But well, I want to put this up on the board so we can see it too. But the prophet, yeah, go ahead. But the prophet Daniel, and Daniel, and I know my marker here kind of fell out here as I walked down. I got to get it. But the prophet Daniel was reading in Daniel... Chapter nine, he was reading out of the prophecies of Jeremiah, right? And he was, and and this was happening in Daniel's days. Jeremiah's prophecy was coming true about the seventy sevens and the seven, right? And he was he was praying about it. He was making intercession for the people of Israel, and he and he was just interceding for him. Lord, forgive us our sins, Lord, help us, because he knew that. Jeremiah prophesied that the Israelites will be in captivity for 70 years in Babylon. So, as Daniel was making intercession and praying, an angel of the Lord came to him. And the name was Gabriel. And um, we'll go to Daniel 9.20. He said, while I was speaking and praying, confessing my sins and the sins of my people Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy hill... While I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift flight about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you. For you are highly esteemed. Therefore, consider the message and understand the vision. You know, let's as, as we read the word, that is one thing we should be praying. That we would have understanding. All right, We need to be praying that we would have understanding as we open up the word. We ask God, God, before I read your word, Lord, open my eyes, open my ears, open my spirit and my mind to understand the prophecies and the mysteries. Because there's the prophecies, the mysteries, and just the meaning of God's Word. And I'm going to tell you, I've read things, and I've read them again, and I've got totally something else out of the same thing I read, even though I read it twice, three times, or even four times. And sometimes when I read things, I just read it so fast, I'm not comprehending. So I have to go back and reread, right, so I can comprehend. And then i got to go back and i got to study. And then I gotta pray that I got understanding. All right, but listen seventy sevens are decreed for your people in your holy city to finish transgressions, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up visions and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Yep. Keep going. we got to go to verse 27. Let's go to verse 27 first. No, we're on verse 25, I believe. That's the one I want, though, too, though. So keep it there. Sorry. No one understand this. From the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler, comes there will be seven sevens and sixty-two sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. So he's talking about Jerusalem being rebuilt. And the seventy-sevens, he's talking about the times before Jesus came. So there's 483 years when they gave this prophecy before Jesus is coming. Right? So there's a period of seven years that were kept out. And they're saving the, the, the prophets believe that those seven years that are kept out are for the end days. The end, the last seven. Okay? you got. I mean, you have to read this and understand it to, and, and get into it to, to know it. And you have to ask God to open your eyes and ears. <laughs> but after the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood war will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed now doesn't that sound like today's day and age war will come to the end desolations will be decreed that means things of the, of the naturally are going to be happening and taking place he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven see this is the seven I'm talking about that was kept out of the 483, that's left to fulfill. In the middle of the sevens, he will put an end to the sacrifices and the offering. And on the wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on them. So there, Daniel's even talking about the seven years of tribulation. Within that seven years of tribulation, there's going to be three and a half years of of peace, and that's where the Trump peace plan comes into effect. After the after the three and a half years, there's going to be a tribulation like this world has never seen before, and since the beginning of creation, <coughs> and angels. Said to Daniel in verse 27 that he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle. See, and this is what's interesting. Because you know how many um, states or nations are in the UAE? There's seven. Seven nations that are in the UAE right now. Which I thought was just kind of neat. It says in verse 27, he will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the sevens, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offering. And on the wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed. Now, almost all of the prophecy scholars agree that what marks the beginning of the tribulation is this peace treaty. Almost all the Bible scholars, Bible prophecy scholars believe that this peace treaty is the beginning of the tribulation time. Now, I don't know about you, but I know we're all in the end times. I know we're in the end times. You can see it all around us, right? Now, is this the peace treaty that Daniel's talking about it? You know, it sure looks like it to me. You know, it sure looks like it. I know they've tried peace treaties before. They tried the Oslo Accords back in 1993, but that didn't last too long. So what we need to do is we need to keep watch and see how long this peace treaty is going to last. Because that will help tell us where we kind of are on the Bible timeline or, or in prophecy. What we need to keep watching also is the rebuilding of the temple. Of the third temple. And you got to remember. That the Jews. They do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. Many of the Jews do not believe that Jesus was the Messiah. They think that he was a good man. A prophet. Right? So they still think they have to do the sacrifices. For the atonement of sin. And they haven't been able to do that. Because they haven't had what was called a red heifer. You know that it's... We have just had... A few years ago, I don't know if you've heard about this... But they had a red heifer that was a pure red heifer that was born in Israel. Now, you have to understand that they've been waiting for this pure red heifer for 2,000 years. For a pure red heifer that would qualify for the sacrifice. Now, what the red heifer does is that you have to sacrifice the red heifer, and it cleanses the priest and the people. So they haven't had this. They have not been able to do this. Now, Israel's been wanting to rebuild the temple since 1967. You know, but they couldn't do it because they didn't have a red heifer to do it. Now, just a few years ago, they've had the red heifer. Now, my understanding is that they have three of them that qualify for the sacrifice. And according to the Jewish prophecy is that the teaching and the arrival of the red heifer without blemish, without any sign, without blemish will be a sign for the coming of the Messiah. So they're still thinking that Jesus, the Messiah, is coming and that their prophecy says that when the red heifer appears, it's soon. The Messiah is coming soon and that they can rebuild the Third Temple. So that's something, too, that you want to be watching on your local news, and it's hard to get. I mean, I tried to find some of this stuff, even on the Internet, to get the information, and none of it's cleared, even with Trump's peace treaty, because they don't want to give the guy a victory. They don't want to give the guy a break, you know? So I don't know what your party is, Democratic, Republican, or conservative, or Liberalism, that's none of my business. And I can't push anybody in in politics. All I can say is this, is that you need to look at what they've done, what they stand for, okay? And you need to vote your conscience. You need to vote according to the scriptures as a Christian, all right? You need to vote for somebody who is against abortion. You need to vote for somebody who's against all these things in the Bible. And vote for things that God said are right. You know? That's how you that's how as a Christian you should vote. Alright? And you know, I heard a statistics about that in the church that you know forty percent of confessing Christians are not registered to vote. Forty percent. That's astonishing. That's a huge number of the body of Christ, 40, per almost half. You know, if you take that and you look at it, that's a lot of votes out there. So, you know, God gave us the opportunity to vote. Our country's given us the opportunity to vote. I can't stress it more. You need to vote because without a vote, you don't have a voice and you don't have a say. If you don't vote, I don't want to hear you complaining about what's going on in the world, period. Because if you cared about it, you would make sure you were registered to get out and do your constitutional duty. Amen? This country was built under God, and under God it should serve. Amen? All right, so that's enough Chris rant. But it says here that in the end, they will confirm a covenant with the, in the Middle East for seven years of peace. And it says that that red heifer is going to be one of the signs of the Messiah's coming. I got I got I'm going so fast I'm lost in my notes. <laughs> and this with this historical event, this peace treaty with the UAE, we are getting closer and closer to the return of Christ. Any day Jesus come come coming across that hill right there, coming in the clouds. You know, any day, it can happen. It can happen right now. You know, in a blink of an eye, we can all be called up and out of here. And I'm telling you, it's time to get your house in order. It's time to get your lives right with God. Because it's a matter, it's literally a matter of life and death. I'm not going to wax coat it or Whatever the saying is for it. You sugarcoat it. There you go. Thanks. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But it's the truth. It's literally a matter of life or death. All right? So we need to really be getting our house in order. We need to get our, you know, I'm praying that all my family would come under the knowledge of the Son of God. That they would repent from sins. That they would give up the ways of the world. And that they would follow wholeheartedly Christ with everything they have. Because this is the time and the day and the age that we need to do it most. You know, repenting. Everybody's afraid of the word repentance. Repentance gets you right with God. We should be rejoicing over repentance. We should be glad that God cares so much for us. And you, that he wants to take you out of your sin And get you in right standing with Him so you can be with Him forever. Amen? I mean, that should make you weep. Just thinking about it. Thank you, Lord. I remember when God saved me. And He called me. And I turned from my sin and I never looked back. You know, and that's how I know it was a God thing. Because I was in some bad sin, and you all know it. It wasn't good. But God turned me around, and He set me free from the grips of the devil. And now every day is a battle for me. Every day is like I got to go to war. I got to keep the enemy out of my mind, out of my stinking thinking. I do. And we do, because He gets in there. And you know, you don't think, oh, well, I'm strong enough to do this, but I'm telling you what, it gets wearing. Even Paul prayed that God would take the thorn from his flesh that bothers him all the time. Paul, an apostle of God who performed miracles, who wrote half of the New Testament, even Paul struggled. None of us are exempt. Because I'm telling you, the enemy knows that these days are short for him. His time is almost up. Jesus is coming soon and he's going to crush him. With the word, with a single word, it's going to be over for him. Done. So he's out there trying to deceive you. He's out there trying to allure you. He's out there fishing. Trust me, I learned a little bit about fishing this weekend. Just ask my son-in-law. They try fishing on my phone. I'm telling you what, it's no good. Got to get rid of that stinking stuff. Right? Get rid of it. And it's the devil trying to attack you and trying to bring you down. You can be totally innocent. Or you can be totally in sin. It doesn't matter. The devil wants to keep you there or pull you there. That's what he wants to do. And this day and age, he's going to try everything. He's out there roaring. right? What the devil is doing right now is roaring. He's showing his claws. He's showing his teeth. He's out there trying to draw people away from God. It's time to get our house in order time to get our lives right with God, and it's not a game. Jesus told us in Matthew chapter 24. You know, I, I don't know how many times I've read this chapter to you guys, but in chapter 24. Chapter 24. Verses 13 through 35. i to stand over here so I can get the light on the word so I can see. He <laughs> says that, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Then the end will come. So when you see standing in the holy place, that's what Daniel just prophesied, didn't he? Actually, that's what Jeremiah said, too. Another prophet of God. Oh, the Bible is true. The prophecies are true and they're coming to pass right before our eyes. There is no other book like this in the world. You cannot compare the Bible to anything. When all of the prophecies come to pass. What can I say? It's alive. It's real. It's God's word. He knew what he was doing when he created the earth till the end. He knows everything in between. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything. There's nothing that God doesn't know that's new under the sun, as Solomon. That's what he said in his Proverbs. Nothing new is under the sun that God doesn't know. So when you see standing in the holy place the abomination that causes desolation, spoken of through the prophet Daniel, Let the reader understand. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down and take anything out of the house. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. I'm going to tell you right there. What we're reading right now is the middle of the tribulation. Because what's going to happen with this Israel-Palestinian peace treaty, the way they have the land... Divide it up, right? Palestine will take over Judea. And what is going to happen is that when the peace treaty breaks and the Palestinians and the UAE nations come after Israel, they're going to drive those Israelites that have set up um, oh, what, what their housing, where they set up their houses in these lands, they're going to drive them out. And Jesus is saying, when this happens, when you see standing the the abomination that causes desolation, when you live in Judea, don't even bother. Get in your clothes. Get out of there. Get the heck out of there and run to the mountains. Because they're going to come and they're going to slaughter the Jews. There is going to be another holocaust in the Middle East. The Jews will be under attack again. It's prophesied in the scriptures. That's what this is about. This is what Jesus is talking about. And I'm telling you, I think Jesus knows what he's talking about. You know, when Jesus prophesied this, he knows what he's saying. That this is going to come to pass. These are letters written in red. He said, run. Get out of town. Get out of there. Don't worry about your clothing. Don't worry about food. Just get out of there because they're going to come and they're going to kill you. They're going to drive you out. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that your flight will not take place in the winter or on the Sabbath. For then there will be great distress unequaled from the beginning of the world until now. And never to be equaled again. If those days had not been cut short, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, those days will be shortened. I'm going to tell you a little bit of insight what I think what he's saying right here. For the sake of the elect, the prayers of the saints that are praying about this event right now, that are praying for this future time, Lord, be merciful, be gracious to us, help us in this day, help us in this time of need. Lord, hear my prayers. Just like, take, for example, what we read about Daniel when he was praying and interceding for Israel. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Lord, turn not your face from us. Help us, help our nation. And you know what God told me? God told Daniel, He said, Don't worry, go to Babylon. And live and prosper. And I will prosper and increase. God comforted Daniel with those words. Those are comforting words. And then I will bring you out of captivity. And I'm telling you, it's the prayers. It's prayers. Prayers move the hand of God. We need prayer more than ever. We need people to fill this house on Wednesday night with prayer. Because if you're not praying, you're dying. I'm sorry. It's true. We need to fill this house with prayer. You're you need and if you can't make it, pray in your house. Pray wherever you are. You we need to have a prayer life that's on fire. We need to have a prayer life when God hears it, it turns the hand of God. It moves the hand of God. At that time, if anyone says to you, look. Here is the Christ, or there he is. Do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will appear. And perform great signs and miracles to deceive even the elect. If that were possible, see, I have told you this ahead of time. See, Jesus is talking about this. And he's like, I'm I'm prophesying about this to those people right now that are living in this generation. I'm telling you ahead of time. I'm, I want you to be prepared. So that not one of you gets deceived or gets lost or gets mixed up. So if anyone tell you, here there he is out in the desert, do not go. Here he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. Wherever there is a carcass, there the vultures will gather. Listen. You know, I I take this as like, you know what? God is going to find you. If God, if you're a child of God, and you believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, that you don't have to worry, and you are living with all you have for God, you don't have to worry where you are, because God is going to find you. God is going to leave the 99 to get the one. He's not going to leave you down here to go through the tribulation to go through hell and take everybody else ar- around you that's unless you don't believe in God or trust in him. you know and then hopefully during the tribulation time you turn to God. Because there will be some saved and some make it through. But God's not going to leave you. You know, he told Joshua, I will never fail you or forsake you. You put those in your toolbox. Like I said, you know what? No matter what goes on around me, God is never going to fail me or forsake me. And you believe it and you don't doubt it. And you hold it in your heart. Of your heart of hearts. He said, No matter where I am, God's not going to fail me or forsake me. I could be traveling. Debbie, you could be traveling down Philadelphia. God can find you. You know? He can see right through that car and take you home if he wants. You could be walking out in the woods. God can find you. God, listen, God called me and found me a sinner. And he saved me. You know? God wants all the sinners to repent and come to him. He will find you. And he says, not only that, but you know what? I'm going to make it, when you see me coming, everybody's going to see me coming. You know? It's not just going to be my elect that they're going to see me coming. He said, everybody's going to see me coming. It says in the Bible, when he does come, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. That is believer and unbeliever. When God says every, I'm pretty sure that means everyone. Everyone. You know? I don't think there's any exceptions there for every. It's like the word all. There's no exceptions for the word all. When God says all, he means all. When God says give him all your heart, give him all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. Pretty sure there's no other definitions for every than every and for all all. Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. That's what's coming in the second half of the tribulation. That's what's coming. You know, it just the way everything is unfolding right now before our eyes in our world, and in our, on the political forum, and everything that's going on naturally in the world right now—it's all unfolding just like the just like the Bible has prophesied, just like the prophets have said. Everything, all this evil that's going on in the world right now—it's all right there in the Word. You know, even this peace treaty. You know, if this is the peace treaty, it's right there in the word. You know, and it was prophesied thousands of years. You know, probably 3,000 years ago. In in, In verse 33 of Matthew... Uh, chapter 24 it says here that, and he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to the other at that time I'm going to go back read verse 30 at that time the son of man will appear in the sky and all the nations of the earth will mourn they will see the son of man coming on the clouds Of the sky with power and great glory. He will send his angels with a loud trumpet call. They will gather his elect. From the four winds. From one end of the earth. Of the heavens to the other. He says now learn this. From the fig tree. As soon as the twigs get tender. And its leaves come out. You know that summer is near. Even so when you see all these things. You know that it is near, right at the door. I'm telling you, what God is saying right there is that when you see all these things, he's talking about all these things happening at once. And that's what's happening right now in our world. All these things are happening at once. You know, we've had tsunamis, two tsunamis, earthquakes that have been horrific. We've had record-breaking tornado outbreaks in the country and, you know, record-breaking hurricanes in our country. We've seen turmoil all around the world, going around with rioting and everything. Everything is right now in our generation, in our time, in our day and age, is happening, and it's happening all at once. All at once, just like the Bible says. When you see all these things, you know that it's near. Right at the door. Jesus' coming is right there at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That generation is us, church. We're living in that generation. That's where we are. So, Joel you want to pop up that Bible prophet, that Bible timeline? I'll show you. I I don't know if I can reach all the way over there. But well, all right, here we are. There's Jesus' ascension, right in Acts. Pentecost, when the Spirit came down. Jesus went up. Pentecost, when the Spirit came down. This, this time right now between Jesus' ascension and the rapture of the church is called the church age that period of time. We're in this period of time right now. Well, I'm telling you, we are right here. We are right at the door of the seven-year tribulation. We're this close of it. And in the middle of this seven-year tribulation, right? We're either going to get we're going to get pulled up taken away because the great tribulation is coming after that. And I'm going to tell you, if you read in Revelation the trumpets and the bowls, you don't want to be around here when all that stuff is happening. You don't want to be on earth when there's hail, fire fireballs of hail coming down at you, the size of Volkswagens. You know what I mean? And it says in the Bible that men's hearts were hardened and they still didn't turn to God. When they got plagued with boils, when everything else is going on. You know, the Bible prophesies of at least, I believe, at least four asteroids hitting the earth. One is called Wormwood that unlocks the keys of the abyss. You know, and you hear about that now, don't you? You hear about this asteroid coming in 2029. It's so interesting. 2029, Apothos, which I think the definition of Apothos is the end. You know, and Nassau named it. Not some Christian or Bible-believing Jew or some Jew or prophecy scholar. This was named by the world. I mean, crazy. But we are there. Jesus is at the door. He can come anytime. He can come any time. The prophecies have been fulfilled for his return and his coming. With the, you know, no other time in history could we possibly also know what is going around, what is going on around the world as fast as we do right now? There is no other time in history like this. Do you know that in World War II, the President of the United States didn't even know Japan bombed Pearl Harbor until it was all said and done? And Japan was back out into the ocean. Think about that. It wasn't that long ago. Now, we can see on our phones, on our laptops, on our computers, what is going on around the world, like, as it's happening. In real time. That is correct. In real time. We can see it. Never has that ever been happened before. And you know, Daniel, the prophet, prophesied that. I want to read to you this. Daniel chapter 12 verses 1 through 13 at that time Michael the great prince who protects your people see you know you know who Michael is right Gabriel was a messenger angel he's an archangel right Gabriel was held back by the Prince of Persia remember when Daniel was praying by the river? And he prayed for 21 days. He was held up there for 21 days by the prince of Persia. The archangel Gabriel was held up by the prince of Persia. But the moment Daniel opened his mouth, he said, God gave him the answer and he sent him right away. But he was held up until Michael, the archangel, came. Now, Michael, an archangel, is the warring angel. Right? Michael, the archangel, he is the angel over Israel. That protects Israel. At least that's what he tells Daniel right now. At that time, Michael, the great prince, who protects your people, the Israelites, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of the nations until then. Now you've got to remember, Daniel was written before Jesus. When Jesus said that, he was reciting the prophecy that was given to Daniel by the angels. In Matthew 24. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. So we want our names in that book. You know, Lord, in my name, please say my name, Jesus. I'm just waiting to hear, you know, come on up. But he will deliver you, multitudes who sleep. In the dust of the earth will awake. Some to everlasting life. Others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. You know what? Think about that. When next time you have an opportunity to lead somebody to Christ and salvation. You know, think about that. You know. One of my senior pastors, Rod Parsley, he says every time that we lead somebody to Christ and salvation, we get a crown. We get a crown. And he's like, I'm just going to be standing up there at heaven's throne, throwing crowns left and right out, right there on the throne. How exciting is that going to be? He said, but you, Daniel, close up and seal the words of this scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. That's what we have right now, isn't it? That was a prophetic word right there. If I want to know what's going on, if I don't know anything, I can look it up on my phone like that and get the answer within seconds. An increase in knowledge is going around the whole world right now. And it's amazing. Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others one on the bank of the river and one on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, how long will it be before those astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and his left hand toward heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever, saying, "I will be; it will be for a time, times and a half a time. When the power of the holy people have been finally broken, all these things will be completed. I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked my Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless and refined, but the wicked will come but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. About three and a half years. So, four years almost. Blessed is the one who waits for and receives And reaches the end of the 1335 days. As for you, go your way to the end. You will rest and then at the end of the days, you will rise to receive your allotted inheritance. There's a lot of things going on in Daniel about the end days. A lot of prophecy. A lot of prophecy being fulfilled right before our very eyes. You know... We, as saints of God, have a lot to look forward to. You know, we have eternal life with the King of kings and Lord of lords. You know, we have eternal life with Jesus. You know, I I sit there and I I pray, God, Lord, help me to bring people in. Help people to hear your word. Help them to come into the knowledge of your son, Jesus. Lord, let's let's save as many as we can in the short time that we have. You know, let's cease every opportunity that we can to share Christ and to share his love and that he cares for those. That's what we need to do. We need to be about God's business more than ever in these end days. You know, there's going to be a a, a great revival that's been prophesied about that's going to sweep the nation. Lord, I pray for that revival to come. Come, Lord Jesus. I pray for your salvation to come. It's going to be a great gathering of the saints. We're going to need to be together in unity. We're going to be needing each other. I'm going to need you. You're going to need me. We're going to need each other. We're going to need to be united in unity on one accord, in one voice, because Jesus is coming back for a pure and spotless bride. Right? That means unity within the body of Christ. You know, and there's a lot of different denominations. I don't know them all. I didn't grow up in the church. But they're all part of the body. And they all have a calling with them. And they're all brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen? That's who, that's who we are. There's all, when we go to heaven, there's not going to be all these denominations, it's going to be one body, one bride. One church under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. <laughs> Amen? But that's what it's going to be like. We're going to be so enthralled with God's love and so surrounded by God's love that all we're going to be able to do is worship. You know, I wish I could be out here worshiping. I mean, I love worship. I love worship. I love feeling the Spirit of God come upon us as we'd like it just like worship is like being cleansed by the holy spirit it's like letting go of everything the world has gotten on you the whole week and when we get up here and we worship in one accord in one body it's like a freedom it's like a cleansing it's like okay lord i know i got to get myself right with you i got lord here to take this away because i want the freedom to worship you like king david amen I want the freedom, and I want you to have the freedom to worship like King David with your whole heart. Who cares about what's going on? Just go out there and worship in spirit and truth. Who cares what we look like? Who cares what we sound like? As long as it's pure and in your heart toward God, it's all that matters. Who cares? It's the only thing that matters, Amen. I'll close with this scripture in Thessalonians, and I give you a lot of scripture. I'm sorry, I, I just the word is the word, you know, and you can't go wrong with the word. Second Thessalonians chapter two, verses one through twelve. It says concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. In our being gathered together with him. We ask you brothers not to be come easily unsettled or alarmed. By some prophecy. Report or letter. Supposed to have come from us. Saying that the day of the Lord has already come. Don't let anyone deceive you in any way. For that day will not come until the rebellion occurs. And the man of lawlessness is revealed. The man doomed to destruction, he will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. So that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things. And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. I'm telling you right now, when I read this a year or so ago, I felt like God still had his hand on the man of rebellion that was holding him back. It's still there. We still got some time. I just felt it in my spirit. We got some more time. We got some more time. I'm telling you right now, I feel in my spirit with everything that's going on around the world, that God has lifted his hand off of that man, and that man is out there right now. And it's the spirit of the Antichrist that's going around our country and the world right now that's been loosed. That God's angel said, okay, here, it's time. It's time for for the end to begin. He will oppose himself. He will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped. So that he sets, him up, sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Now, that could be a, that could be a man up there on the Temple Mount when they build the third temple, saying, "I am God, and I want you to bow down and worship me." Or that could be an idol or a statue of a man. At the same thing, an abomination. What it says. The time will come. Let's see here. And then the lawless one will be revealed when the Lord Jesus will... Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs, and wonders, and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refuse to love the truth. And so be saved. For this reason, God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. You know, this word I'm reading right here is God's word. It is the truth. It is the way. It is the light. There is no other way. And there is no other way to heaven except through Jesus. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You got to go through Jesus. You got Like I said, you got to go through the cross. You got to go through the cross. You got to go through Jesus. And then you got to go beyond the victory. I want to read verse 13 down to verse 17. I want to leave you with an encouraging note, amen? (laughs) But we are always to thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because from the beginning, God chose you. Think about that. From the beginning, God chose you. From the beginning, from the beginning of creation, God chose you. God knows you. God loves you. God has plans for you, plans to prosper you, and plans for you to be in good health. God chose you to live in this day. Praise the Lord. We're living in a day of Bible prophecy, which is exciting. We're living in a day. We're the generation that's going to see Jesus coming over on the clouds. Now, how exciting is that? We're living in that day. We're living in the day where Jesus is gonna call us home and He's going we're gonna be caught up in the sky. We're living in that day. Some of us here might not even see death. We're just gonna be caught up. That's amazing. It's exciting. We're living in that day. God chose you to be saved through the sanctifying work of the Spirit and through the belief in the truth. He called you into this through our through the gospel that you might share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brother, stand firm. Stand firm. That's what we need to do. Stand firm. You know, when everything's coming against you, stand firm. Stand firm, hold our ground. Hold on to the teaching as we pass that we passed on to you, whether by word or by mouth or by letter. May our Lord Jesus Christ Himself and God our Father who loved us and by His grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you and I just pray, Lord God, that this word, Lord God, that, Lord, that it would sink into our hearts and anything that wasn't from you, Lord God, would just be thrown in the trash. Lord, we only want your word in us, Lord God. We want your interpretation. We want your guidance, Lord Jesus. We are longing for it. We are looking for it, Lord. We're praying for it. Lord God, open our ears and our eyes and our hearts and our spirits to receive everything that you have for us. Lord God, let us stand on your word as we see all these things unfold. Let us not be afraid, but let us take hope and trust in you, Lord Jesus. Lord, let us not be afraid. We have nothing to fear, but Lord, we have glory. So to, to, to go into and Lord we thank you for that and we praise you for that And I pray Lord God over all your people here and all those that are hearing your word Lord God that you would bless them And that you would keep them Lord God that not one of them would be lost Lord God, but we would all turn to you Lord God and get our lives right So we can be in right standing for when that day comes we're not caught off guard I I share this so that we wouldn't be caught off guard and that we would know, know the times that we're living in and how urgent it is to be right with you, Lord. I praise you, Lord, and I thank you, Lord God, for this little flock, for my family. All of us here are family. We're all brothers and sisters in Christ. Lord, I thank you for them. I pray your blessings upon them. Keep them. Keep the enemy far from them, Lord God. I bind them up and cast them out of their lives in Jesus' name. I pray that they would find shelter under your wings and they would hope and trust in you with all they are, all their strength and all their heart, Lord Jesus. I praise you and I thank you, Lord God. I thank you for this little gathering that we have, Lord God. And I pray, Lord God, for your will to be done here in this church Lord God, go beyond anything we could ever expect, see, hear, or do. Lord God, we're not limiting you. You are limitless, Lord Jesus. And you can do all things here. Lord God, we just pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We just pray that your will be done in our lives, and we're trusting you. And I just pray this, and I just thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. And you may be dismissed. Amen. You guys have a great week. What time, Ann? 2 o'clock. We have a birthday party at 2. Okay. All right, well, thank you great day if anybody needs prayer you know i don't want to leave this opportunity without praying with somebody if they need prayer if anybody has anything that they need healing with i want to pray and anoint them that we're healed that you're healed Okay.